Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, hey, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Let's Chat. I'm Miss Felicia. I'm here with my right hand, the fabulous Miss Tony. We got an awesome show today. We're talking that talk about big dreams, small pockets. We have author. And publisher J.M. Benjamin, as well as radio host and PR rep Catherine Waddell. How was your week, T? Oh, girl, it has been busy. It's been busy. You know, it just rolled over. We had a great time last weekend at the AAMBC Awards in Atlanta, Georgia. We did a lot of great networking, picked up some awesome, awesome, um, you know, material to just go over, gave us great tips. Lit Dish was the bomb, both the female as well as the male panel. So it was um, it was great. We learned a lot with those wonderful ladies, Victoria Christopher Murray, as well as Rashana Tate Billingsley. And the men's panel, mm-hmm. man, they, they held their own leash. They really did. <laughs> yes, they did. They really did. And it was a fabulous time in Atlanta. Um, we, we learned a lot. We experienced a lot. Um, I think that the best part um, is the networking and being able to, you know, be with and experience people and different things. And uh, on yesterday, I was able to network just by chance with someone, and they were able to share some of the things that worked for them um, as far as their literary journey. And, again, everything is not going to work for everybody. You know, everybody's. Mm -hmm. Um, has to find their own niche. However, right. I think that 
you can learn and, and get jewels from everybody. And you can find out, oh, I might want to try this. I might want to try that. I was saying that we had Quan on the show last year, the year before last, and he talked about guerrilla marketing. And so, you know, everybody would go out and get a guerrilla marketing book. But when you think about marketing and literature, marketing and literature, and promotional literature is really hitting it. You have to find out what works for you. You have to understand your audience, um, and you have to understand that particular market. So if it's kids, you market that book differently. You're able to get it out differently. If it's romance, everything is different. So you really have to think outside of the box and be really, really, really ready to hustle um, because, you know, a lot of times when you start out, you got those small pockets, but you got big dreams. It's like, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then you have the people that skimp on the important stuff. And, you know, Rashonda Tay Billingsley pointed out, you don't want to skimp on the important stuff, the editing, the cover. Those things are a necessity. So you may have to wait until your book, uh, until tax time, and you know, to, to get everything situated. But if you have a publisher, most of the time they take care of that. Um, and you don't have to worry. Your job is just to make sure the content is on point. Um, and you work with your pub, with your editor, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on that process and making sure that you guys come together and produce a proper uh, product for the readers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's so true. At least, and I think the bottom line is that you have to have a relationship and, and with whether you're independent publishing house, you have to have a relationship with all the people that's gonna help you get your product out there. You know, your editor, your 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 graphic artist, your your and everything that's related to getting it out, you have to have some type of relationship with, you have to have dialogue and communication and you all gotta kinda of be on the same page and that's so important. That that team is so important because without it you could be fumbling in the wind, girl. I definitely agree with that. So with that, you know, we consider ourselves part of your team. We love the platform that we provide. It's a free platform because we want to give authors away and artists away for people to be able to hear and hear and feel their passion. A lot of times mm-hmm. people feel it through your work, um, and which creates that word of mouth. But what if you're new and nobody knows you? You know, so it's it's important that we have these platforms like the blog talk shows or even blogs themselves because people get mm-hmm. to be are still able to experience uh, your passion, why you do what you do, what make what what burns you, what gets you going to to continue to keep doing what you're doing. So mm-hmm. if you want to sponsor Let's Chat, you can send your request to the Chat Radio Show. We have two at gmail.com. We have two sponsorship packages, an individual and a company. We do a little, we do get a lot of uh, publishers that would like their uh, authors on our show. So if you mm-hmm. would like to help our cause and help our show to continue to be free, um, feel free to send us that request so that you can sponsor Let's Chat and it continue, you know, can continue to be uh, the platform that it is. I'm so excited because we have we we have done so much. We've been on here for three years, and we you know the growth from the very first show. You know it mm-hmm. used to be honor that author, 
you know, and it just mm-hmm. used to be online on Facebook. And so it, it's grown and it's changed and it's um, evolved into such a great platform. Um, we do so many great things. We have so much fun. We touch people. We, you know, we're able to educate people, and I just love that. So with our educational portion, you know, we share resources here on Let's Chat. So mm-hmm. the resources that I'm sharing today are for those people that write sex scenes. See, you know that is our biggest pet peeve. We always talk about that. We do that debate. Who writes a better sex scene, a male author or a female author? And I think mm-hmm. that sometimes, depending on the author and their experience, some sex scenes are just plain old dry. They are dry. There's there's lack of emotion. You can't get into it. Some of them got them big old huge words. Do you thinking about the mm-hmm. word more than you thinking about the scene? And so I said it's gotta be it's gotta be some kind of resource for that. And there is. I found three resources on Amazon. How to write mm-hmm. a sizzling sex scene, um, by Elizabeth Ingstorm. And um, this book talks about, and I, I like these three books that I picked um, because it, it kind of gives the meat and potatoes, but it talks mm-hmm. about um, why why sex scenes. Um, is erotica, is it erotica or is it pornography? Um, so it, it explains, it educates, it breaks it down. This is a fabulous so I have naughty words for nice writers. Sometimes oh. you want to write a naughty nice a naughty sex scene. You know, my, my philosophy on a sex scene is it's just gonna be nasty, let it be nasty. It's not send them to Starbucks. Ain't nobody got time for that. You know, so naughty words for nice writers, it gives you a sexual and spanking it's a sexual and spanking start. So it gives you different words that you can use uh, depending on what it is you're trying to express, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Oh. That is awesome because, I might you know, those that. are those words. I might just pick that up because. <laughs> See, sure yes, I started me. I'm trying to be good. <laughs> and that's at the, at, the of of your, at the beginning of your presentation, you use sex and dry. They don't go together at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. And that's Cara Bristol. That is her book. I got these books off of Amazon. And this uh, another one is how to write a hot sex scene. And it just gives oh. tips from multiple published erotic romance authors. So this is like a, um, I would say like an anthology of tips from different authors. Um, or probably what works for them, how it works, yada, yada, yada. They have... Um, uh-huh. Real ugly, five sexy scenes to rev up scenes. Boys will be boys. The law of attraction. Writing the fine line between erotica and porn. How to write convincing fetish and niche market sex. Uh-huh. Sexy sentences. Fighting sex. Do you think you can kink? I mean, all awesome, awesome, awesome. And these are all, those are actually all romance authors, and I believe that those are their different books, and they just, mm-hmm. you know, highlight and talk about those things. So that is awesome. We have our first guest <laughs> in the sorry, You always get me in trouble. I can go, I can go <laughs> way left. <laughs> I'm going to be oh, good. Oh, that book is by... 
Shoshana Evers. That is looking by Shoshana Evers, and I got those just off Amazon. So if you're writing a sex scene and you're struggling, I'm going to need you to go on Amazon. I'm going to need you to get yourself some assistance. Research, research, research. If you can't do actual research, you can read on some research. But please don't bring any more dry, whack sex scenes in your book. Oh, my God, bring I guess it before I get in trouble. <laughs> we have our fabulous first guest, Catherine Waddell. I wonder, I wonder what she, she feels about this, what we're talking about right now. Hey, Catherine, how are you? Hi, Catherine. I'm good. Help. How are you? Help us out, please. <laughs> Listen, I need to post to help me settle an argument. Do the word sex and dry go together? <laughs> Ever. I couldn't help myself, girl. I couldn't help myself. I was like, I was like, she's so right. That sounds like bad sex all day long. I can't have it. Yes, right. girl. Y'all are y'all are so funny. But at least you get me true. going. And then she's trying to play me. I'm saying you pick up a book. You know, you expect it to be, you know, all the way through, and they got the drama, they got everything, and you all in, and they get to sex, and you like, what is this mess? <laughs> it's just going to be nasty, you, let you know be nasty. I not say, sitting in the Starbucks. <laughs> I, I have to say, I have been fortunate not to run into that. Um so I don't don't give me any names because I don't even want to have a bad um, novel sex life. I, I just don't want to have. I, that's the only place like forever, never. You should never have a bad sex life in a book. Never in real life. Maybe you run into some real life stuff, but in the book, I should never have bad sex ever. Uh-huh. So I just I I, I'm, I, I apologize to whoever encountered that <laughs> in the book. I apologize for that author. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but I'm, I'm surprised I'm just, because I'm not a publisher. I'm surprised that, and I'm not. I'm not I am surprised, but I'm not surprised that there are sites that help you make these steamy, you know, sex sites. I'm sex things. I'm wow. I tell you, I'm ready. Like, I need to there, there are ways just, to get your. There are ways mm-hmm. to get your content. You can actually get your content by creating your content yourself. You can watch porn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're creating a sex scene. That she means that you need to take balls. it and create it and just, you know, <laughs> take it so you can go. You can watch porn. You can you, you're not helping me at all. You need to you need to add meat potatoes. <laughs> an argument. I'm posting it right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me set an argument. Then pop the link in there so that they can uh, <laughs> call in. <laughs> this needs to be said. This is the elephant in the okay. room. This needs to be said uh, today. That is one. <laughs> We're chatting about it. Let's chat. Now, Catherine, for all of those that don't know who you are, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and the things that you do. Um, well, First with your of all, radio show you. and your company. You say, well, thank you for having me. I was saying thank you for, I said, first of all, thank you for having me back on the show. Y'all kind of like me a little bit over here. I like you all too. Um, yeah, we like you. What, what, I, what I ultimately do is help people to live their passion and make money doing that. 
Um, with the radio show, I get to be a teacher. That means I get to tap into you and pull out the best in you. You already have a mm-hmm. gift. I'm helping you to mold it. That's what I do. With this needs to be said, I use that platform for business owners to teach what they know because, as we all know, a lot of our businesses are online. So how can people go by and window shop you if you're online and they don't know how to find you? It's not like going to the mall. So if they're on this needs to be said, people can get a sample of how you flow, you know, what your, your demeanor is like. Can they build a relationship with you? Would they like to work with you? They get to window shop you. And many mm-hmm. of my commentators have gone on to get bigger speaking engagements or get speaking engagements at all. I've had people who have never been on radio and never been interviewed, and they've gone on to do things that, you know, I hadn't done yet. Like I haven't written a book yet. I'm working on one, but I hadn't written a book yet. But some of them have mm-hmm. written several books, um, gone on to do speaking engagements, have gone on to do voiceover work. One lady was like, I, I, I don't my voice isn't for radio, but she did more a voiceover um, for my show than I was doing over the past two years. So it's a, it's like a, an incubator. It's like a, a training camp for people to, you know, really mm-hmm. to be able to express themselves and stretch their wings. But I'm a teacher all day long, all day long. But helping you get uncomfortable, helping you say what needs to be said in your business, and helping you to turn that into a profit for you. Mm. Those are some great things you just gave us. And I hope our listening audience has been taking notes because, you know, that's a wealth of information, and you're right. Sometimes you just need that platform. This is Tony. You know, I always I try to remember that say who I am. They say Alicia and I sound alike, but you know, you're offering a platform, and it's it's great when you can see the ones that have come through their growth. You know, because as they grow, you grow. Mhm. Absolutely. You know? it, it's exciting, and I call my training, my coaching for for people is live your passion coaching. It's just mm-hmm. that simple. Um, I want you to always think about, you know, whether you're going on vacation or you're spending time with your kids or you're working in your business. This is you mapping out that life you said you wanted to live. So it, it all came uh, – uh, the radio show was an accident, but I've always been a teacher. So it just gave me a – I stumbled upon my classroom. So that's what I like to look at it as. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, did you see yourself doing this as – as 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 um as you were growing up, is this something that you've always wanted to do? What teach or talk? Both. <laughs> well, talk talk as long as it's like me and you not on radio. Like I never saw myself on radio and I never saw myself on TV. But I've always talked, mm-hmm. been and I've always been a teacher. I always love stuffed animals. Still have stuffed animals to this day. So if I need to have Aww. a board meeting, I can get them together and talk to them. <laughs> but I've always talked. Always, I'm so serious. I'll send y'all a picture of the board members in a little bit. But I, 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 <laughs> I've always found myself as a teacher, I, and I love it. It's not about me telling you, Tony, do it my way, Leach, do it this way. No. I, what do you think about it? Like when I do help me sell an argument, it's not about what I think. It's not what, mm-hmm. about what I think at all. I mean, usually I think contrary to what everybody's posting anyway because they either go one way or the other. But it's about what are people thinking, getting them talking. And if we get you talking, we get you engaged. Then we can, you know, find out, you know, what makes you tick, what makes you laugh, what, you know, what is it that you really want to do? Because after we play together a little bit, they're ready to, you know, let you know, well, I was thinking about, you know, starting this business or I was thinking about writing a book or I've written a book and I can connect them with you all. Hey, I know where you can go get an interview. I know where you can go and connect with some great ladies to work on your project, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I love that because I love putting the pieces together like matchmaking. But I only mm-hmm. saw myself as a teacher. I did not see myself on radio or thought about hearing myself because my voice was not my best feature, was not. (laughs) 
You sound great. Don't even don't just just check look, that off your list, now, girl. Look now, now, now. But I remember this voice they claim is sexy. Now they was like, why does she sound like a boy? And I was like, oh my, so make yourself conscious to even talk, you know. But now I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they the same same guys that was picking on me. Hey, Catherine, don't hate me now. <laughs> After that, right? Saying, hey, man, yeah, yeah. Got me dealing with low self-esteem in junior high school. Don't you talk to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is Lisa. I have a question. Now, when you decided to venture out um, and do Mm -hmm. this thing, you actually just quit your job. Who was was most supportive of your choice to just make it happen? Nobody financially. And my mom pretty much just said, if you're going to do it, do it. But nobody was there to finance it. I don't have a husband. I've never been married. Um, my baby daddy paid child support, but it's not enough to cover bills for you to be walking off your job. So mm-hmm. to draw a clear, clear, clear picture for you, I did not have enough money saved up. I, but the biggest support was my mom, but she didn't know what to say. So that lets you know how much support I had, which was none. Because mm-hmm. my mom's always worked a job. If she's worked at, if she's tried to have a business, it's always been a side business. So nothing she had had to depend on. So. Mm-hmm. It was you could do it, but you always can fall back on your money from work kind of thing. So I I didn't nobody knew how to support me. That was that's what it was. That was the problem. Nobody knew how to support me. You can go do this, but you got to figure it out. So I could say out loud, I'm starting my own business, and nobody looked at me crazy until I was borrowing gas money, and they was like, wait a minute, I thought this thing was supposed to work. So mm-hmm. they supported me until I needed to borrow some money or come stay with them or borrow their car or anything that was going to inconvenience them because you're supposed to, you know, start making money right away if you're going to quit your job. That's what people think. And I mm-hmm. even thought that too. But my biggest supporter was my mom, which was no support to answer your question, mm-hmm. only because she didn't know how. Right. Well, you know, that, that, that's serious because sometimes you yourself may not know what type of support you really need, you, you know? You're right. You better <laughs> you know, say that. So, I thought it was going to be magic. I thought it was a, mm-hmm. this was a sign, and I thought everything was going to, you know, fall into place, come, come together. No, no. Right. No. It, it's a journey, girl. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. And you're, as it I absolutely have to say, you arrive in levels. You know, it's a journey, and you know, you have to arrive in levels. So you'll get there, though. Absolutely. Eventually. And I think sometimes, <laughs> absolutely, mm-hmm. but sometimes when things happen and they happen so abruptly, they happen out of the blue, you don't have an explanation for them, you are thrown off at first, uh, just briefly, so you're able to get, to, like you said, things level off and you're able to get your balance. Um, how were you able to, like, conquer that moment in your life where you were a little off balance, you know, you you – you made a choice, you made a decision, you got to stick with it, you got kids, you had bills. How were you able to get through that? A lot of crying. But then in that, I had started a job. I created a job. There's a difference between starting a business and creating a job. I had created a job cleaning houses. So I was able to sustain myself because when I left my job that was paying me on time every two weeks, I had to fall back on something I created before, which was cleaning houses. And it's not really hard to find people who will let you clean their house. So I had to figure out how to have enough energy 
to do my business because you can get caught up in paying your bills and say, okay, I got to do what's necessary and not focus on your business. So a lot of crying, um, a lot of, you know, feeling frustrated. Am I going to have to go back on a job? You talk to yourself. You feel what you're feeling. You do what is going to make you money. Don't feel small about it. Oh, you told people you're going to, you know, start this business, but you're over here working this job. Well, make sure that job makes room or allows room for you to work on your business or you're always going to be working on that job. So I had to learn how to organize my time because at one point I was cleaning houses from sunup to past sundown, and I was not working on my business. So I had to catch myself. So it was a lot of realigning, but just being aware. Mm-hmm. Be aware. So mm-hmm. if you hurt, feel it. If you if you feel like crying, go ahead and cry and get it out of the way. If you're feeling stupid, go on and feel that because you're going to have some times when you feel smart. But do something that's going to make you money. But if you're serious about your business, make sure you are investing in your business some time that's going to move it forward each day. And when you find that you're off track, just realign yourself and say, oh, I I hadn't worked on my business in a week. I got to get back on that or else I'm always going to be on this job, which is not my goal. So it's a lot of self-talk, too. You got to talk to yourself because other people, they're just looking at you waiting for you to fail. I knew you shouldn't have done that. Go back and get a Mm -hmm. job. So you have to really talk to yourself. Exactly. Um, and they're mm-hmm. just waiting. They're sitting there waiting for you to fail so that they can say, well, you know, this this is what mm-hmm. it is. You try it. You know, I think, mm-hmm. right, when when I uh, I had got laid off, well, I got laid off because of the company closed and locked. And I was content not to work in the same industry. And I remember people kept telling me, you need to go to such such place. You need to go there. You need to go back to work. But I held out. I was like, I'm not going back in that industry. I'm going to do this is what I want to do. And I think that a lot of times we don't realize to speak is to create. Even in prayer, prayer is still speaking. You're speaking something out there. Mm -hmm. And you have to be careful what you say. You have to be clear about what you ask for. And whatever you're speaking, you have to speak with pure passion. But if it's a one-sided, you're going to get what you asked for, but it's going to be one-sided yep. because you didn't think about anything else. So it's important that you're clear, clear about what you want, how you want it, when you want it, where you want it, all of that. And I was I was like, this is the job I want. This is what I want to do. And I just kept saying the same mm-hmm. thing over and over and over. And I ended up getting it, you know, and then when – because a lot of times we, we think – seasonal things are to be permanent, you know, and we mm-hmm. sometimes make permanent things seasonal. Like, we don't pay attention. We yeah. don't discern, like, which is which a lot of times. So mm-hmm. sometimes jobs are seasonal, depending on what your yeah. what your journey is that meant to be. So now, you know, I, I work from home. I created my own job. I created my own lane. And it's like, I don't see myself working for somebody else. I was going to get my master's, and I decided not to get Mm -hmm. it. For one, it was a $40,000 price tag. I was like, $40,000, you know, that's a lot for for a piece Mm -hmm. of paper. So Mm -hmm. when I went there, the lady asked me, uh, because, you know, they have the guidance counselors, but then they have, like, the – the job, you know, they have a little job reference uh, centers there too. And she said, what mm-hmm. company do you see yourself working for? And I was like, nobody. And she just looked at me like, what are you doing here then? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> How are you going to pay this loan? Well, what are you doing here nobody? then? <laughs> <laughs> right, because she was like, who do you see yourself working for? What company do you see yourself working for? I was like, I don't see myself working for nobody. I see myself working for me. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's how are we going to get our money back? What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. But, Kathy, you know, you, this is Tony. You, you said something that was key, and I never really thought about it until you said it, which was creating a job and starting a business. Sometimes people can think they go, they interact, they go one and one, but you, you've learned that they are two separate entities. And, yeah. and has that been the hardest, hard, hardest walk that you've encountered? Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I think all businesses start out as a job because you're doing everything, right? But that first mm-hmm. time you outsource something and you let somebody, I don't care if they're scheduling your social media, you are creeping into the world of having a business because you're to oversee the stuff, not do everything. There's some stuff you're going to want to do, but not everything. When you go to bed tired in the beginning because you've created this job, it's rewarding. But when I had to think about, am I going to go hard like this every day, all the time? Mm -hmm. The truth is no. My body makes me take a day off every Tuesday or Wednesday of the week. When my body, I feel it. Now, I can have some appointments. Mm -hmm. I'll do my appointments on that day, but I try not to book too many appointments. If my body say, kiddo, you need to Netflix and and not Netflix and chill. You need to be by yourself. You need to Netflix and and catch you a nap or whatever. You need to rest. You need to rejuvenate. Then mm-hmm. I do it. I don't I don't push through it. Oh, I'm just gonna work through this and I'm good. Because what you'll do is you'll push through it and keep working and you still don't take that time off. So I've learned to listen to my body. But every mm-hmm. every business starts out as a job. And when you start outsourcing the little tasks that you're doing. And you start overseeing and you're checking in with people and you're having meetings. Okay, did we get this done? You have a marketing team. And let me tell you, having a marketing team sounds good and fantastic and huge, but you could be you and one other person or you and two other people and maybe it's two other business owners and you both and all three of you are helping each other to think of ways to market your business. And marketing mm-hmm. has to happen 365 days a year. It, it happens all the time, not just when you have a sale. So when, right. when you have a job, you said, okay, well, I can go clean these houses real quick, so I'm going to throw something up on Facebook, and people are going to give me some money. I can get three, three to $700 real quick. And it's not hard to do, but it's hard work. It's hard on your mm-hmm. body because you get down on people's floors. And some people, you know, and it's whatever it is, whether you're baking, but cleaning was my thing. So some people, ain't, you know, they, they don't just like how you clean. They want you to do some extra stuff or some different stuff or a different mm-hmm. way. But when you're constantly marketing, sometimes you can't take all the people that's coming to you. And when you're in business, there's mm-hmm. a machine. So when you're in a business, think of machines. So there's a bunch mm-hmm. of machines working, a bunch of systems you put in place. So that's the difference between creating a job and being in business. But your business starts out as a job. And that's good right. so you know how everything works, how it's supposed to look. So when you hire me and I'm not doing the right thing and I'm telling you, oh, Leash, Tony, I've been working hard. I've been sweating. You'd be like, no, because I've done this myself and I know it don't take that long. I know it's supposed to look mm-hmm. like this at this point. So you know if I'm lying or not. You know, uh-huh. and not that you want to call uh-huh. people a liar, but you've done it, so you know what it should look like. And and right. you can tell me that, Catherine, I've done this, so I know what it should look like. So when I check in with you, it should be real quick. So you've created uh-huh. a machine if you can get me to actually do what you've trained me to do. That makes sense? That it really good? does. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, that's what I love about our show. You get to hear other people's perspective on things, and sometimes that you may not even think about, like like you've said some things tonight that I, you know in the back of your head, but to hear it verbalized by someone else in a different way, it kind of makes you sit back and say, hmm, she has a point there, you know. Absolutely. So I love what you're saying, mm-hmm. and, and, and you are just uh, filled with information, and it's just not something that's over your head. It can relate to everybody, and 
all walks of life. It's what's even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And it really goes with our topic. Our topic is big dreams and small pockets. And that was a prime example of, you know, mm-hmm. having big dreams and small pockets. You you have to do what you have to do. Um, at the time, that's part of the hustle. And I think in anything you want to do, you have to hustle, especially in the book industry. It is a hustle. You have to make sure that uh, you are planning at all times, how am I going to do this, and thinking outside of the box, not just being ordinary but being extraordinary. So you do have to think outside of the box. You have to think of ways to make yourself unique. Um, Mm -hmm. And the way you did it, you did what you had to do, Yep. And now mm-hmm. look at you. You have your you have your radio show. You have your TV show. You have your PR um, company, and you are just doing so many things to help people understand um, and mm-hmm. get to whatever their dreams are. So I think that is so awesome. Yep. Now we do a lot well, awesome for that. We have, yes, we Yay. appreciate you coming on the show today. You know, we we talked about this book you're supposed to be writing. You know, me and Miss Tony still waiting on this book you're supposed to be writing. We're gonna keep speaking it out there I've, I've until come you up actually with a manifest I, this thing. It's coming. It's coming. The first one. The first one's gonna be really simple. It's gonna be help me settle an argument. I did a mock-up book cover mm-hmm. for it, but it's called Help Me Settle okay. an Argument and. I pulled all the ones I've done, and I got to tell you, there's going to be, like, more than one. But it's going to be one that one, and I'm going to definitely do one on business tips. Um, mm-hmm. But those, those uh, are going to be business ones. But, but but you've given me some tips about some naughty sites to go on to make some steamy sex scenes. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying. saying. You know, they got these black dry sex scenes out there. They're not <laughs> researching. They're not doing nothing. That's why I gave them three resources today. <laughs> the trouble is real sometimes with the Indians and these books. They need that assistance. <laughs> and she said porn like four times, so let me get it. Like, get it. Okay. Participate yes. in it. <laughs> yes. And, you know, Catherine, if you need me to be your, be me, you know, I, I have a little slick tongue. <laughs> no pun intended. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> See, y'all, I, I'm, I'm going to go to my corner. <laughs> Oh, nobody sent Absolutely. you over there. No, nobody sent you over there. <laughs> <laughs> but we want you to shout out all of your social media. Absolutely. Shout out your social media. Shout out both of your shows, when they're on, where they air, um, and any events that you have coming up before you head out of the chat room. Oh, gosh. A lot, a lot, a lot. I want to make it simple. Go to thisneedstobeset.com. You can definitely catch us on Facebook and Twitter. I live there the most. LinkedIn is another place that you'll find me a whole, whole lot. And Instagram, but this needs to be said.com. If you go out to the site right now, we're going on a cruise next year. And, ladies, y'all should come. Y'all definitely should come and do a writer's mm-hmm. workshop. Let's talk about doing that. But next oh. year, we're going on a cruise. We're going to be gone for four days. We're going to Key West and Cozumel, Mexico. So for some mm-hmm. people who have not gone on a cruise before, a four-day cruise is pretty good. And we're going to have um, some taping on the ship. We're going to do a TV show taping on the ship. And we're going to have some activities there. We're going to do where people can sit with me and pick my brain about um, living their passion. That's going to be included just by you being on the ship. And then if you want to play in your own cruise or family reunion or whatever, my travel agent, he's going to be on board with us. So you can sit and talk with him. That's there. And then we're going to have a networking cocktail party but um mm-hmm. the television show still to be determined my target is in july for this to 
air here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then it'll be on YouTube or my YouTube channel so that you can see it there if you're not in my area, which a lot of people are not. Um, But I'm on each weekday as far as the radio. I'm on each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for This Needs to Be Said, and I've decided that Monday's going to be for motivation. Tuesdays is going to be pet peeves when it comes to business. Wednesdays are going to rotate. We're going to talk finances, business, relationships, and health on one Wednesday a month. And then on my Thursdays, we talk business empowerment. And so a, business, a woman will come and tell you, and it doesn't matter if she's at the beginning, middle, or if she's been in business for years, but she comes and shares her story and gives nuggets, just like I do. So the classroom is wide open for people to share. And these ladies are even allowing me to share their blog posts on my blog site. So they've written stuff, and they're going to let me repost it. And, oh, my gosh, there's one called um, The Rules of Situationships. I can't wait to read it again uh, when it aired, when I release it on my blog. But there's a lot with this needs to be said that's going on. But I want people to be confident in their business, know that whatever they set out to do that they can do, and like you ladies were talking about, find out what's unique in your business. And the things that you think are unique probably aren't the things that people come to you for. So ask people. Anybody who's ever come to you and done business with you, ask them, why do you hire me? Why do you work with me? And you'll be surprised, and that will help you find what's unique for you. So I'm at thisneedsbesaid.com, and I'll be posting stuff up there. We're going to have a bunch of help me sell an argument kind of excursions, day trips. So it's it's a lot. I just, I love, as as y'all can tell, I love to talk, but I want the conversation. I want people to be able to have that freedom of talking and expressing themselves. So mm-hmm. that's what I got going on. I got a lot going on. That's some awesome Absolutely. stuff. Going on. Well, you I know, just you... added my two cents to your, your post on uh, about the dryness, so I <laughs> put my two cents did you, in. Did you go in here and add it? Good. <laughs> yes, yes. You are know always welcome right. in the chat room anytime. <laughs> For those that are just tuning in, you've tuned in to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand. The fabulous Miss Tony. We're talking to talk about big dreams and small pockets. We had our first guest, uh, radio host and PR rep, Catherine Rodell. If you missed our interview, make sure you hit the archives and catch it. We have author and publisher, Dan Benjamin, coming up next. Thank you, Catherine. We're going to have you back. You You're, know, welcome. You're welcome. back anytime. I'm going to check that post and put my three cents in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks again, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all have a good one. Thanks. Okay. Good night. You too. That was funny. That was awesome. She, she has, I love when she comes on. She has so yeah, much cash. And it just spews out. Exactly. We're going to take a brief mm-hmm. break. And then we're about to bring in the man with the pen, author and publisher J.M. Benjamin, into the chat room. And we're going we gonna to okay. cut up a little bit. Let him tear the walls down a minute. Oh, you ain't said a word. <laughs>
are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, yes, we are back, we are back. I am Leisha, I'm here with, you know, my right-hand girl, Miss Tony. We're talking about thoughts today on this chat. Big dreams, small pockets. We got author and publisher, J.M. Benjamin, in the chat room. Hey, how are you? Hey, J.M. Hey, hey, what's going on, lady? Oh, how are you? <laughs> All right, I'm good, I'm good. I'm doing better, but I'm getting better. Oh, we Absolutely. gotta get you all the way better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we got you gotta be like you don't already did a lot for the party. We can't have you in here sick in this in the chat room. Go on over there, get you some tea so that you can feel better. Drop your little holes in there. So oh, that no, we can I'm get this popping. No, no, I'm just a little injured. I'm not sick. I'm I'm healthy. Um you know, health oh, okay. I'm not just a little injury I'm recovering from. But it's cool. Okay. Well, we want you to get well soon. Now, for all of those that don't know who you are, which they should, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Um, well, my, I'm mostly known for my Ride or Die Chick series, which is about treacherous and Teflon, and then their offspring, um, Baby Tretch and his Ride or Die Chick. But um, 11 years ago, I was still in federal prison, um, finishing up a 12-and-a-half-year sentence. And uh-huh. uh, I got a two-book deal from a small publishing house, like similar to the you know, type of company that I have myself now. But, um, you know, I submitted to them. Somebody somebody in the facility um, had known the owner of the company and had read my manuscript, you know, at the facility and reached out to her, told her that she should check it out. And um, mm-hmm. he asked me. He asked me could he shoot it to her, and um, I, um, I let him shoot it to her, and she liked it. And at the time, I had a cell phone when I was in there, and uh, that impressed her. Like she was saying, like anybody that has a cell phone in prison um, has to be about something, like you know. And um, I didn't want any money, you know. I just wanted an opportunity, and I was very humble when I wrote her um, my query letter. And um, you know the bio of who I was, you know, and needless to say, my my freshman novel Down in the Dirty had um had came out like about six months, like four and a half months before I came home, and um I came home in 2006, which July 3rd I'll be celebrating 10 years, <clears throat> which is uh, yeah definitely like definitely looking forward to that. That's you know for anybody that comes from where I come from. You know, that's huge. But even if you don't, you understand, like, um, I would, I was, like, considered to be, you know, counted out. Like, either spend the rest of my life in prison or down the streets. But, like, I beat the odds. So, 10 years is, like, you know, like, uh-huh. 10 years in college. Like, uh-huh. you know, um, and not to relate it to that, but, you know, it's just something, you know, on um, a milestone. But anyway, um, when I came home, you know, I walked right into position, and July was an explosive month for me. You know, like um, up for an award, a couple of awards, and um, at the time, Wendy Williams was on the radio, WBLS, so I went on there. She chose the book for her book club, and just, you know, just one door after the next. And, um, but anyway, here it is, 14 books later, 
Six Anthology, you know, contributed to Six Anthology, um, motivational speaker, mentor, entrepreneur, just um, on a bookstore, just, you know, just a, a, a host of accolades and achievements in a 10-year a, a span. And uh, But yeah. I'm just a kid from the projects in Plainfield, New Jersey. So, um, you know, again, just, you know, it's just a blessing to be here. So, but, mm-hmm. but my writing, light, light switch was turned on by this counselor, this elderly Caucasian lady that saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. You know, and that was in 2001. Um, that's when my that's when my writing journey began. I started journaling, and it turned into manuscripts. Mm. That's quite an impressive journey. And um, salute yeah. to you for 10 years. That's that's just remarkable as well as awesome. So congratulations to you. I know that's a a feat to be celebrated. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. That's Absolutely. And within that yeah. ten years, you've contributed so much to the the industry itself. Um, just as an author, as a mentor, as a publisher, so that is awesome. You know, a lot of times, you know, people need that. They need somebody to be able to give their own testimony, to be able to tell their story, because and that's why we do what we do. We allow people to be able to feel that author's passion or that uh, what artist or whichever guest that we have because you may have somebody that's never read a J.M. Benjamin book. They may not know who J.M. Benjamin is. However, they sat, they listened, listened to him speak and then they felt his passion. They're like, I'm going to go find one of his books and I think I'm just going to read it. And that's just the mm-hmm. best part because that helps that word of mouth start going and it helps the authors to grow and it helps create new authors, because somebody may be listening and they might be a little timid about writing. They might have them behind the wall. They might, you know, so many things, and then that would have sparked something in them to help them um, set their journey up. So we applaud you. We applaud you. Now, you did write a book, though. You write a Solid Tips to Success um, in Self-Publishing, A Simple Guide. Tell us a little bit about that book and why you wrote it. Um, I wrote that book. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you why I wrote it first. I wrote it because <clears throat> I couldn't be, well, one, I couldn't be in, like, countless of places at the same time. And uh, I was given an opportunity, so I wanted to be able to spread. I wanted to pay it forward. Um, that was the number one reason. But the number two reason was because in my city, um, writers, aspiring writers, and writers who have, um, you know, taken that journey of, you know, publishing, have have blamed me for their, you know, so I'm not going to say failures because I commend and implore anyone who takes the initiative to even, you know, have the heart to even try to do it. So um, mm-hmm. for their lack of success, I'm blamed. So I figure I'm going to put my entire recipe and blueprint in here. This is what I did. These are the numbers. These are the connects. Like this is everything. And then I reached out to the brother who inspired me while I was incarcerated. Not inspired me to write. Inspired me in the sense of believing there was bookshelf space for me, and that was Al Sadiq Banks. So um, I was reading that brother books when I was still incarcerated, and when I was in the halfway house in Jersey, um, the brother came um, and met me. Met with me. 
and uh, he gave me a case of books and um, to give out to the brothers that were in the halfway house, and I just felt that that was very honorable and admirable of them. So, but anyway, like, I remember him showing me, like, some real motivating tax returns, like, and I'm like, okay, there's no reason to ever sell drugs ever again. So, anyway, you got two powerful stories in that 10 solid tips of success in self-publishing, The Simple Guide. It really is simple. Like, I took my recipe and blueprint from the streets and poured it into literary, and it worked for me. I, I, you know, and I'm not bragging. Um, that's what I come from. That's my work history. I never had an eye on the fly. I was a hustle all my life. So mm-hmm. um, I say that to say, like, I have no degrees or certifications other than experience hands-on. So with that being said, that book was to um, silence those who um, said I wouldn't help them um, and and help them the way that they wanted me to help them, um, to silence that. And two, to help those who really, you know, wanted to know and um, were not getting the answers to their questions. Because I hear it all the time, like, yeah, the vets don't want to answer, nobody wants to help. Well, I'm not one of those. Like, I was just accused of that. Like, they're listening, like, I'm not one of them. I wrote a book about Mm -hmm. it. So that's what um, 10 Solid Tips is about. Like, you go in there, and if you – if you if you believe that I've done something right in this industry, um, and like and this is not to impress anyone, but this is just to impress upon people that it's doable. Like my books are on Walmart, Target, Barnes and Noble, Stop and Shop. Like my mom's proudest heck. Like, um, but I started out under a small um, independent company. But the number one thing is that I learned the business before I was even signed. And that's very important, right? That's why I'm still here 11 years later. Hmm. Wow. You have had quite an impressive journey. Yeah, it's dope. Hmm. It's been dope. But it's, it's, it's still going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Not, that's... Yeah, it's crazy, but I'm sorry. I'm and sorry, you... listen. No, I was listening. I'm oh, sorry. no. I was, I was about to say something. I was just going to say, this is Alicia. I had a question. We want you to help yeah. us settle our secrets. You're, you're known for your gritty, gritty book, um, and my it's book? real. Oh, my, my book? Your gritty pen. No, okay. your gritty pen, uh, okay. and it's real. However, our argument is, who writes the better sex scenes, male authors or female authors? Weigh in on that. What do you think? I believe that um, women write the better sex scenes but I believe that I'm an exception to the rule because I write from a female's perspective. Like my um my sexual knowledge and experience is like kind of broad, you know, when it comes to women. So like I probably could go somewhere like the average do um male author couldn't. Uh, but I believe that women can go places that male um, male writers may not feel comfortable with. Um, or, or may not feel that this, they'll be well received. And me, like I write about, you know, um, you know, female and female, you know, females a dude, um, two dudes, one female, like, you know, all that. I mean, it's, it's reality. So I, I love writing about women. Um, I, I don't have any interest though, about writing about dudes, really. Um, too many male heroes, like. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I just believe women women could get more busier with that, like, and it still be, you know, it could be nasty and still be sensual and sexual. Like, a dude, dude, they be like, oh, I'm like going to grab like the fine line with us is now. But women, mm-hmm. you guys could get, you know, um, more risky than you know, we can with that. Mhm. Okay. So now this is Tony. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so whoever has a snap in the voice means that they don't agree, they don't agree with me. <laughs> and, and who was that? Who, who did I not no. side with? <laughs> well, we think we think the women we think the women write the better scenes because. First and foremost, I think we're more emotional. We really put our hearts and our emotions and our feelings into what we pen. So I think that's where the more sensual, the more, you know, sexual comes in because we, we, we feel. And sometimes you can just write what you want to feel. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, well, male may overlook something so minute, but that little intricate detail will mean everything to a woman reading mm-hmm. it. Exactly. And those are the exactly. things that I did. Like, when they drop the ball on that, I'm the dude that picked that ball up and run the touchdown. So that's what I'm saying oh. about my writing. Yeah, like, Let I'm just out. Out there. <laughs> right. like, yo, yo. No, I'm All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it in that sense, but you know, I think that. Let me find out, JM, you running some football moves. No, I was saying, like, we already know, you know, for picking people up. I People said that to me, like, stop checking women. <laughs> so I think that's why I'm, I'm down for the count right now. But, um, mm-hmm. not, you know what it is? Um, I come from a fun era. Like, I'm from the 80s and the 90s. Like, you know, hating didn't exist. Like, we were motivated when, you know, cats had something, you know, more or better, like, when we went out to party, like, we had a good time. We wasn't on the walls, screw facing and gritting. Like, we was dancing, like, with big rope chains and Tim's on and Gucci Jags, like, that whole paid and full movie. Like, that's, that was my life. Like, that was my ways in Jersey. So, like, mm-hmm. I just came home, and I still live the same way I live. I still live a dope boy life with legal money. That's what it is. Like, right, so... Yeah. Like, yeah, I was a little dude before I, before I got cuffed. And, like, I was picking women up in the air then, like, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. Just enjoying life. Like, I was I was laid down for a long time. And I said, when I come home, like, I'm going to enjoy life. Like, I do what I want. Like, no whole bar, like, whatever I want. So, that's mm-hmm. it. So. All right, now. Yeah. All right, JM. Now, this is Tony. I've, I've met you twice at the last two uh, Harlem Book Fairs. Yeah. And I, I, I can't attest to you picking women up because you didn't pick me up, so I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Are you gonna be at the fair this year as well? Are you gonna be able to attend? Um, I'll be able to attend. It's on. It's just up in the air right now. It it, it really mm-hmm. depends on. Um, like I didn't I didn't mention yet about my books to film with you. Um, because that's very important. Because that's the next. Mm-hmm. What's the next big wave right now for literary? Um, I wrote a, what year was that? Kwan and I mm-hmm. had um, merged our companies and put out an anthology called The Master. And uh, I wrote a short story in there called Checkmate. So I adapted that into a short film. And uh, mm-hmm. a partner and I, we, um, we got it off the ground. He produced it put together a phenomenal production team and we shot it um, uh-huh. like about two years ago. Anyway, um, the movie's completed and um, it was submitted to a rack of film festivals. And, uh, uh-huh. Just recently, yeah, just recently won the Paul Robeson Award uh, for the North Black Film Festival. And it's, it's, it's premiering at the Cityplex out in North. But, um, Anyway, um, this this wave right is this books to film um, is just opening so many doors for um, you know for for us as authors and, and indies um, publisher because I'm signed and I'm still indie but like it's just the same wave like there's a a, a, um, a hunger for um, black films African American films. And mm-hmm. the material and the material is going to come from. Anyway, I just want to put um, put that out there right quick. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for so with that, it depends on um, the status of the film because it's premiering August third. Oh, oh, the Harlem Book Fair is not, but the Indiana the Indiana Book Fair is taking place as well, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm undecided about if I'm going to premiere it in Indiana. Versus um, not if it doesn't premiere out there, then um, I'm going to do the Harlem Book Fair. Mhm. Wow. Now this is Tony Dam. I have a question on what you just was talking about. Um, the desire to watch African American film. Do you think that that's why the various web series has been so popular and so heavily watched? Absolutely. And um, it's, it's crazy that you mentioned that because. Like I don't necessarily watch. I I hear so much about you mm-hmm. know all of them, and I you know that's cool. Again, like I commend everybody, but um, mm-hmm. I just be like on a different planet when it comes to that. Like I I want it to have a different feeling. Like I want it to have that feeling, um, that sent us to the movies. Like that didn't that that um had us in the state of mind where we didn't mind paying our money to go to the theaters and watching you know some solid. Mm-hmm black films like I'm a solid writer and it's going to show like how I show on my books is going to show um, on the screen so mm-hmm. um, you know if if you guys are able anywhere you know it's premiering if you guys come out you know you'll see and like eventually because it's going to be hard copies um, you'll just see um, like what I'm talking about in regards like quality and content like mm-hmm. you know I'm very stern on that. So, uh, yeah, I believe that 
everybody is going the internet way because there's not anything really, uh, you know, strong of substance in the theaters. Like, you know, we're getting them in splurts here and there. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I just watched a few, like, Race and stuff like that. We we get it in splurts where though mm-hmm. every week, you know, every week um, everybody else dropping bombs, like box office hits, like, you know, while we're fighting. Um, I know I know people that are uh, that are actors and producers and directors, and they all have the same complaint: good content. Mm-hmm. Like they say, Hollywood suffers from that. You know, New York suffers from that. Atlanta, wherever you know, where Atlanta popping actually, like mm-hmm. just you know, the lack of good content. Or meanwhile, mm-hmm. there's a slew of dope content in these novels. So I'm just you know. I'm just trying to start the race, you know, before everybody figure out the race started. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's interesting that you say that, um, J.M. This is Tony once again, because do you feel that people feel that way because of the saturation of the new authors that have, you know, they were formerly readers last week and now they're authors. Do you think that the saturation, ha- that plays a role in, in the, the non-content? the miscommunication and the disenfranchisement and, and, and all of that in this industry, uh, the disrespect. Like, there's so much that go on. Like, you know, even though I'm not directly involved, but, like, I, it's it's my job to know what's going on. And I'm saying all the stuff right. is going on, you know, because of these things. And no disrespect um, because I, I became an author. I was an avid reader before I became an author. And I'm still an avid mm-hmm. reader. But mm-hmm. the difference between when I entered into this arena versus what's going on now is I did my homework. And when I came home, I paid homage to those before me. Like, mm-hmm. right, wrong, and difference. You have to respect who opened these doors and paid this way. You don't have to kiss my behind and put me on the pedestal. But you have to, like, there are certain things people are going to equate to my name when someone does it now, like if someone if somebody rips all of the bookstores and beat the streets up and do all of this on the fence and, and break records of the most books sold at all of this, they're going to say like, damn, he reminds me of J.M. Benjamin. That's what they're going to say. I didn't mm-hmm. make that up. That's what happened while I was working. So you can't mm-hmm. say, man, F that. Like, man, I'm going to do this F that. You can't say F that. Right. Or you can't, you can't, you can't be readers that chose side because you thought this author would be mad at you because these two authors don't get along, and then when you get in the, then when you become an author, um, you sabotage. Now there's some sabotage. Like all of this is going on for no reason. Like everybody's thinking somebody um, believes they're better than the other. Like this is miscommunication. Like I swear, and I'm just giving you something like just. I recently dealt with and resolved peacefully and positively, but it was just mm-hmm. crazy for no reason. So, but, um, yeah, like people are so busy, like chasing, um, you know, um, quantity over quality. Like I get them out, I get them out, I get this money. Like it's more become a hustle like the drug game. Like the drug game is messed up just like the literary game. Like the, not, not the literary game, the urban literary industry. Let me be specific mm. and clear. And I want to be specific mm. and clear. I'm not an urban lit author. 
I write nonfiction motivational books. Like, I'm a writer. Like, you know, but at the end of the day, that's my primary hat because that's what put me on. So even though it's not my, those are not my issues and beef, they're my issues and beef because that's my industry. Right. You know, but, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, people are not, not everybody is taking the time out to focus on the quality, but you still do have those. Like, I know because I'm cracking their books open, like, you know, mm-hmm. and that's important too. Like, uh, you know, people are emerging, writers are emerging into authors and not reading, like, what's, you know, what's rocking right now. Like, they believe that, you know, they get five stars on Amazon for, you know, a 99-cent book. And no disrespect to the 99-cent e-book authors, but, like, uh, five stars on Amazon don't make um, five-star authors. Like, um, mm-hmm. five-star, a five-star author is a conglomerate of things, like your personality, your presentation, your grind, in addition mm-hmm. to your pen, like, you know, so people are equating dollar signs with status. Mm-hmm. Five stars with status, like, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so that's my take, like, I focus mm-hmm. on quality. My company is a new quality publishing, like, if I don't sell you mm-hmm. quality, I drop you, like, I just drop 90% of my roster behind that, so. Wow. I eat, sleep, and breathe it for real. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. I earned the right to say what I say and do what I do. I promise you. Okay. Absolutely. That is so true. Now, um, JL, I just JM, I want to ask you. You know, you were in. You said you were behind the wall, and you came out. It's been ten years now. Has this <laughs> industry lived up to what you thought it would be? You know, or what surprises have you encountered? Even in the midst of everything I just said, I loved it. Like, I loved it all. Like, I loved it when I was in the streets, like, all of that. Like, even though I was shutting up, like, I took it. I took it all right, wrong, wrong, different. So it's the same with literary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my my good experience definitely outweighed my bad. Like, I don't really even have any, any bad. Like, you know, I mean, it depends on what your level of bad is, like. My whole thing is this. I come from a world like I make a wrong move, choice of decision, I could lose my life for freedom. In this business, I could just lose a couple of dollars. Like, it's really not that serious, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I, I've experienced everything. I've experienced um, loyalty, relationships that transcends books, like, again, Quan, Al-Sadiq Banks, brothers like that, Randy Kears, um you know, sisters like Azarel, Nikki Turner, you know, it's just why you depart like just a slew of people like, you know, um just genuine love. Um loyalty. Mm-hmm. I've I've received, you know, I've experienced betrayal, you know, um you know, and things of that nature. Like every everything, like growing things. Like, you know, like I I take it as it is. I, I really have no um gripes other than the issues that I just spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the, my, my most memorable though, and, and what what is dear to me is the effect that it has on my moms. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, because when I was in the streets ripping and running, and I caught all that time, that effect that it, that had on her, like that's that contributed to me, like saying like, "I right, playboy, it's time to you know get your act together." 
you know, this woman <laughs> hair going, yeah, facts, facts. You know, my hair going from black to salt and pepper to shiny silver, and I'm still mm-hmm. up, you know, in this dungeon. You know, mm-hmm. my babies are like goo goo gaga to dad when you're coming home. Like, I'm still up in here, like, playing around with what I call prison politics. Like, you know, these jokers in the way, like, they want to run the jail. Like, man, I need to run my life and I get my life together. So, um, you know, the fact that my moms used to come see me, like, you know, I was in federal, I did state and federal time. When I when I went to the feds, though, when I was in federal, they moved me around. And my mom's lived in Chicago at the time, and, and she's currently in Indianapolis. But a month didn't go by, like, without her coming to see me. And that didn't include, like, birthdays or when, when she just wanted to see me, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I made sure, like, when I came home that um, I positioned myself to offer, because she still, like, crying like all the time like I just be like damn what can I do so um my my career continues to keep my mother's ex tears of sorrow um you know at a minimum and, and keep on you know tears of, of joy at all times like she's mad proud of me like everything like I can tell you countless of stories about that when we have enough time but mm-hmm. um yeah, like, just that, like, those are the things, like, winning awards and my mom coming up accepting it with me. And um, her, I got to tell you two stories. So, one with mm-hmm. the Essence bestseller list, she subscribed to Essence. And uh, she called me, like, why um, why are you not on the list? Like, I know you can write better than them. You're probably better than them. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, relax. Like, I got more money than those authors on that list. Like, I don't care about no list. You know, like, really, it went just like that. And um, I said, but you want me to be on the list? I'm going to make the list. And um, <laughs> I banged the list with the Ride or Die Chick joint, part one. And um, mm. that right there, like, when she called me, like, her reaction was priceless. Like, that's why I wanted the list, not because the list validated me as a writer. And then another story, um, again, she was subscribed to Black Expressions. And, um, which is now um, something else. But shout out to Carol Mackey, who was the, the round uh, on Black Expression. Um, mm-hmm. My mom's was like, well, I'll be telling the people at the church they could get your books. They asked me, are you on Black Expressions? I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, like, I'll meet <laughs> Carol Mackey. And, um, you know, Carol meets my mom. And um, we're talking, and Carol tells me to submit something, and she loves it. And, um, you know, the black expression, you know, my mom's got the catalog, like, you know, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. making headlines, like New York Times. Not not New York Times bestsellers list. New York Times about my life. Like, that's a different stuff, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's wow. things like that, you know. That's, that's what it's about for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it sounds like, Jam, this is Tony, it sounds like throughout it all, no matter what, your mom has been your biggest supporter. Hats off and shout out to to her. Shout out to all of the Robert Don Chicks. My mom's is like the alternate Robert's. Like, there's not really that many left. I mean, they're around in the world, but it's not that Mm -hmm. many left. Like, uh, yeah, shout out to my mom's. 
There's nothing like a mother's love. There's nothing like a mother's love. I can I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, if y'all listening, go to her Facebook page and say, um, Reverend Ward, um, JM sent me off. She's going to go crazy. Yeah, everybody listening. <laughs> so, yeah, go J-E-A-N-W-O-R-D, and post that on her page. Uh, She's going to blow my phone up, I promise you. <laughs> now, I have a question for you, uh, JM. This is Leisha, because yeah. you, you've talked about your journey um, from going behind the wall for the time you spent there. Have you, like, came home? Did you ever, like, sit your mom down and, like, literally, like, apologize? Like, you know, when you when you go through so many things, you never really realize what it is at the time. But then when you come out of it, did you actually, like, sit down with her and say, Mom, I just, I know you did because you just love your mom. So I know you, you told her you appreciate her. But have you, did you sit down and just have that talk with her? Awesome. All right. So he's trying to, he's trying to start something. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, because I can't, um, my moms and I, we've been speaking engagement together. I can't even be in the same room with her when she's talking about me. Like, but we, mm-hmm. yeah, we we discussed it like at a speaking event, which I didn't know um, she was going to be speaking at. The the it was the Women Empowering Women group, and they had extended it to and men too. So I was the first male speaker to ever speak at the masses of the Women Empowering Women group in Pennsylvania. And um, they were they were very spiritual, religious um, of women, and they they had saw how I spoke about my mom on on social media, and they reached out to her without you know without uh, me knowing, and invited her like to introduce me. Mm. And that introduction uh-huh. turned into a ceremony and an apology to me, like. So now I'm over there choking up, like, man, I'm not even, because I'm here to speak at the event. I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. even going to be able to speak. So um, I swear it, it turned into church. And I'm Muslim, like, and I, I love my mom. I grew up in a church, but I'm, um, I'm a um, Islamic faith. But um, so it's time for me to speak. And I go up there and I begin to like you know extend my apologies to like we have I have the footage like it's never been seen like I told my mom like when I when I die like leak this like show this like I can't show this to the one I was so emotional but um mm-hmm. yeah it was just a time like where it just came like unexpected conversation uh, it was just unspoken words and it and it came out when you know God uh, wanted it to come out and. and mm-hmm. It was all, uh, you know, just looking back, it was just dope. And um, it was just a cleansing for the both of us because um, as a writer, like, I don't have that story. Like, I've always known I wanted to be a writer since I was four years old or anything like that. No disrespect to writers who, you know, that's their story. But my, that's not my story. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, didn't know, I didn't know that was a part of my journey. But looking back, I can I can remember things from when I was, like, two, three, four years old, you know, so – you know, a memory, you know, was it was instilled in me to be able to write this so I can go journey back, you know, and create a character that experienced something at that age. 
that might have been traumatic or something. You, you follow me? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, and sometimes you kind of need that closure, not necessarily closure, but you need some definition about, you know, those things that you've gone through. And it sounds like some cleansing even. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's what uh, you guys experienced. Yeah. Well, sometimes people come on from prison and don't apologize to their loved ones, like just keep on rocking and then go back and their loved mm. ones still rock with them. So, you know, like there was a time where, like, you know, our um, our black women, you know, um, rose for brothers strong. Like, you know, families were strong in spite of the, you know, incarceration, temporary incarceration, or even like, you know, lifetime incarceration. But um, brothers were coming home and just like, you know, doing sisters dirty, like, you know, decade after decade. And, you know, and, and mm-hmm. now this year, so women are tired of that, like, you know, like, you know, like what they call jail talk, like. Right. And just, you know, prison just, man, it just puts a strain and destroys so many, like, relationships and families, I swear. Like, yeah. you know, it's crazy. That's true. That's so it, true. Yeah. But so true. I definitely agree with though, that. Yeah, but there is a, a disclaimer in there, like, um, that they, they provide you provide you with everything. You can go right or you can go left, right? They provide you. It's just that the masses go left, right? The masses just go left. Because <laughs> okay. I went left. I started out left. I started mm-hmm. out left. Like the first five years, I was left. Like I was trapped in, in, in the prison. Like I was making almost the type of money I was making in the streets. Like I was almost seeing that like in prison. Like, you know, like it was serious. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can still wear clothes when I went to prison. Like, you can still have your jewelry. Like, <laughs> so, you know, like, so I. So, I, I, when I you came home, up. when you came home, how was difficult? How difficult was it for you to transition um, into society, you know, a society that still labeled you um, as a prisoner? Were you still left for a minute before within that, you know, were you still left for a minute before you decided to go right? When I came home? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I was already focused before I came home. But okay. before I went, yeah, definitely. See, here's the thing, because I'm always asked that question, like, when I do interviews and stuff, like, newspapers, and they want to know what's the difference between me and those that went back. And the difference is really like often, like everybody always talks about what they're going to do when they get out, but not many really do what they need to do while they're still in to ensure once they're out, they don't return. See, I knew I knew what my problem was. Like I didn't have a drug addiction, alcohol addiction. That wasn't my wave. Like my wave was criminality, like getting money. I knew I was addicted to that. Like I've been in the street since 12 years old. Like on my mm-hmm. own, like me and my brother, like, like getting it, like I, like that's like some whole other story, you know, for mm-hmm. like down the line. But, um, right. I say that to I, I say that to say, um, nah. I knew that if I didn't work on those things, I knew I was going back because like mm-hmm. one, like there's only one way I know, like. Just like I, how I've been illiterate, like take an idea, you know, get some capital and execute it. Like 
Like, and if I would have went to the streets, it would have been like however, however it would have turned out. But eventually, my ultimate goal would have been to like rise to the top. Like, and then coming home, my city was infested uh, and still is currently infested with um, you know gangs. So, like. I'm not in the game. I would have to come home and be double OG, triple OG. Like, I would have to run something. Like, I, no little kid can't tell me what to do. Like, my my children are in their 20s. Like, no, no little 20-year-old can't tell me what to do. So they would have to do one of two things, kill me or tell on me to go back to prison. So, like, I knew I had to broaden my options. But I didn't know it was in writing because, mm-hmm. mind you, I've never had a job in my life. I've never had a 9 to 5 in my life. My entire work history consists of um, packing bags, shoveling the snow, raking leaves, collecting cans, scrapping, selling drugs, selling books, soon to be mm-hmm. selling movies. That's my work history right there. Like, there is no paper route, Burger King, McDonald's, none of that. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out something. Like, So I was always coming up with entrepreneur plans inside the facility. And the counselor seen that in me, and I, I was in some of her groups, and she made me a co-facilitator because she said dudes participated whenever I participated, like I was this impressionable type of dude. And um, the CEOs used to be telling her that I'm trying to fake her out and manipulate her, but she never bought into none of that. You know, mm-hmm. and at the time, like, I was off that wave, like I would have, you know, but she didn't see that in me. And ultimately, I went mm-hmm. to lock up um, over a dispute, like somebody owned me some bread over some drugs, and like I handled my business and went to lockup. And she came to see me, and she still believed in me, even in lockup. And like, you know, she gave me the notepad and told me to journal because something had me angry. And I'm like, I'm not angry. Like, they started, I finished it. Like, I'm not a punk. And, and she went into, like, this changed my life, and I still live my life like this. Like, not to say I live a perfect life, because, like, you know, it's still in me, but I just try to make mm-hmm. the best decisions. Um, but I don't do anything illegal. I don't get money illegally whatsoever, and I haven't like, since I'm home. But wow. um, yeah, she said, um, I told her, I said, I don't, I don't like to be disrespecting. She said, disrespect is what you perceive it to be. And if somebody calls you a punk and they don't know you, like, then what does it matter? And mm-hmm. she was like, life is like 1090. Like, she hit me with the 1090. And I'm like, I don't like on some Scooby-Doo. Like, and she was <laughs> like, you know, she was like, you know, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. Right. And, like, wow. I really look like that word. Like, because that, that 10% could make that 90 make you explosive. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so I was focused on that book. Now, nah, I don't, nah, I don't have nothing in the streets. I'm not the OG, like none of that. Like I'm none of that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, damn, is she is she aware of your success today? You nah, know, I knew you was gonna ask me that. Nah, <laughs> nah, that's what they like, nobody can find her. No, nobody can really? find her. Like, you wouldn't even believe her name. Like it sounds like it's TV show. Like, like look. Made a, her name was Irene Doolittle from from Holly, Pennsylvania. That sounds crazy, huh? Oh, Irene Doolittle, and she looked like a Mrs. Doolittle too. Like and her <laughs> husband's name was Frank Doolittle. <laughs> wow. But, 
Yeah, but no, definitely. Um, I, I've tried. I've had um, media try to reach out to her, and um, they're saying like the, the facility wasn't forthcoming because she no longer worked there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they said they believe they had tracked her daughter down, but um, she she um, she didn't want to talk, so they never really got out the gate as well. So. Uh, wow. Yeah. How many years has that been since you've last seen her? Um, I've been home. I've been home ten years, and then I had to go transfer out in the state. I was in there for another year, that, so that's eleven and a half. Oh, probably like fourteen years, thirteen, wow. fourteen years. Yeah, 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 something like that. I'm sure you got so proud. Yeah, well, yes. Well, well, well. Look at you. Well, all right. <laughs> and I like this interview. Like, I like this interview. People like, you know, I was, I was um, just saying, like, um, depending on, because I go off of vibe and energy, and I was like, depending on the question is going to determine the vibe of the um, interview. Like, mm-hmm. and, and um, I'm saying, like, you know, these are really good questions that gets me, because I don't really talk about all this. I've talked about some, but like, there's still like so many layers of like what it consists of. To just maintain in this business, like everybody has their story within um, their story of being the author that they are. Whether they're just getting into this game or been in it, like if you're just mm-hmm. getting into it, the growing pains to get to that stage is your story, you know. So mm-hmm. my story just continues and all, you know. I mean, from everything like you know, disruptions of relationships to making choices, career over personal. You know, so on and so forth. And, like, at the end of the day, I eat, sleep, and breathe writing. And I choose mm-hmm. it over everything right now. That's just where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're happy you're enjoying your interview. But, you know, you can't leave the, ch- the chat room without shouting out your newest work because we want to make sure our listeners go out there in one click and get that pre-order going. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about Absolutely. your new work. Absolutely. You out there twerking that pen? Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So. Uh, one I can tell you, um, my book On the Run with Love, um, Paul Weber um, is releasing it. It's scheduled for June 28th. It's a it's a book that I put out in 2008. Um, actually, on my anniversary, July 3rd of 2008, um, it mm-hmm. came out. But um, at that time, the book it just I just didn't do anything with it, and I wound up beefing it up like another 30 plus thousand. Um, it's a dope story on the run with love. It's, it's about a dude. Uh, he's not a gangster. He's not a baller. Uh, he's a player. He makes his money mm-hmm. by um, womanizing, uh, you know, um, with womanizing behavior. And, like, he mean in the bed. And um, that's what he uses to get his bread. It's not an erotica book. It's, a, it's an urban tale. Um, but it's called On the Run with Love because, just as he hang up his player gloves um, and buckle down, like his fans come back to home, and his lady, she she green, she don't come from that, so she on the run with love. So I, I'll leave that there. But my my baby coming out on July 26. Watch out for the big girls come out. Uh, yeah, again on the call with yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna be dope. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a, a it you know, huh? I said, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like I, I love, I love writing about the sexy plus size women, the BBWs. Like, 
because um, I love writing about strong, uh, strong, powerful, independent women like gangster chicks, baller chicks, and all that. Like, um, and and like BBWs, like they just represent this this sense of strength. Like these, you know, these powerful women, like these Amazon women type. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I, I really have fun um, writing mm-hmm. about this. And they're they're gay. They're um gay women, and uh, but mm-hmm. they use their their sexuality to lure. Uh, Lord dudes in because they're extortioners. That's what they are. But mm-hmm. they're business by day, gangster by night. So um, mm-hmm. look for those. But I'm also dropping. After those drop, I get to um, drop an indie joint, which I've been working on. Like it's the longest book I ever took to write. And that's because so many other projects came before it. Um, but it's called The Grinders. And um mm-hmm. It's the first of a, a, a series. I don't know how many books it's going to be yet, but, like, mm-hmm. two out of three are in position now. But it's called The Grinders. I'm, okay, I'll give you all a snippet. Um, I, how much time do we have? I don't want to um, delay yeah, you anything. Have, you, you good. <laughs> we love okay. snippets and exclusives. <laughs> yeah, all right, so, so I'm going to give Right. We're going to get this exclusive. Yeah, no, nah, this is exclusive. Facts. Yeah, definitely. So... Um, it opens up in this, um, like, half dingy motel in South Plainfield, New Jersey, which is on the outskirts of the city that I'm from. Um, in the bed, the brother Demetrius Grinder with the chills, and he's vomiting um, in the bed. In the bathroom is his wife, Tamika Grinder. She's bent over on the toilet. She has chills. She's vomited as well. But they're not vomiting and has chills for the same reason. He has the AIDS, she's pregnant. So oh. that's the way. Yeah, I love that you react like that. I'd be hoping for that reaction. <laughs> like, like, tell her, like, yeah, but so, all right, all right, so I'll finish. So now she wipes her mouth, she comes out of the bathroom, she checks on her husband. Um, then she picks up the AK 47 and she goes to the motel window and do the classic look out the window like Malcolm X because she's waiting for the media. She's waiting for one news reporter with a camera then, because she mm-hmm. because they're wanted by every law enforcement in existence for mm-hmm. everything, things like a kidnapping, extortion, murder, but it's not what it all what it all seems. So they're telling the story in this motels. So when the story starts, when the when Tamika starts the story. It opens mm-hmm. up to where it all begins. But this couple mm-hmm. was America's dream and became um, the country's worst nightmare. Like, oh. he was a basketball star, and mm-hmm. she was an educated sister. They met in college. Like, it's not no dope boy story. Like, mm-hmm. what happens is, should I give y'all more? No, nah, <laughs> you got us all nah, over nah, here nah, riveted nah. to your story. You better, you better come on, Jay, and don't let me have to pick you up now. Right, <laughs> right. Nobody has time for You can't just be dropping stuff off and then be like, never mind. Come on, come <laughs> on. Let me think of this enough. Uh, no, nah, okay. I know where I can take you. I know where I can take you. So, um, but he's a basketball star. So him and his roomie, like they, they like slaying everything. On the campus, like they players, like they young dudes, like they stars, 
And uh, mm-hmm. but when he runs into her, like she takes his breath away, like and mm-hmm. like he done like so they become exclusive and mm-hmm. um the school wins the championship and has to play no, the school has to go to this championship in Atlanta and they win. And they go celebrate at the strip club, but like he really into her, like he not into the strip club or not like that. And the sister approaches him, and he like you know not interested, and she won't take no for an answer or what have you. And um, mm-hmm. um, you know she's all over him, and he has a drink, and she slips something in his drink, and oh. he goes out, and like she went in his pants, like and slid her thumb to the side, like and hopped on him, like oh, so he man. knew something happened. So now they checking out the hotel, right? As he's checking out the TV in the lobby, he sees her picture flash across the screen. And the mm-hmm. title says, local stripper infect, infect, um, charged with infecting patrons with HIV virus. Oh. He looking oh, at the screen. So... Now he has to make a decision because he knows, like, she hopped on him last night unprotected. Uh-huh. So he has to make a decision. What does he do? Like, he got baby girls back. Like, they're just boyfriend and girlfriend back in school at this time. Mm-hmm. Like, how they get married? Like, you're not even going to find that out until you read the book. But, Man, damn, you teasing us. No, when is this coming out? I'm going to give you enough to warn us. Now, we are no. expecting copies of this here book because you keep teasing <laughs> us. So, we're going to be expecting two copies of this here book uh, for our, our pain and suffering. <laughs> pain and suffering, I, I'm a, I'm a I like that, Leash. I'm a gift job. I'm a gift job. Oh, that sounds good. He decides to tell. And I'm gonna leave it there. Oh, no, damn! Oh, hold on, no, I gotta give you one more piece. Um, ah. He can't afford. He can't afford the medication, and that's Ooh. when they go on the crime wave. She ride with him to help save his life. That's what I'll give you. Oh. That's all. Oh, that's rather right. that. So just know it's facts. Like you know, I get facts. Yeah. I couldn't let. I couldn't. Um, um, just no book one is in motion. It's, it's done. Man, yeah, this sounds this sounds anything. like a blockbuster. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that it's well received. Open. It um, sounds like it. Definitely received. These little nuggets you just gave me, Alicia, was totally well right. received. <laughs> That's what's up. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you. No, thank you. Absolutely, we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Now, see, we got we call to those snacks. Absolutely, we call those snacks. Nobody turn down the snack now. Everybody like to eat. Nobody turn down the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, Jan, we have so enjoyed you here in the chat room. I can't believe the time has gone. It's like we're just sitting up in here chatting amongst each other, and it's been so much fun mm-hmm. as well as informative. Mm-hmm. Definitely just vibing out, definitely. That's what I like. That's how I mm-hmm. like it to go. Yes, and it just flows. Absolutely. We just went in different directions, but it all flowed together, you know? Definitely, definitely. Absolutely, so, absolutely. You are welcome back any 
time. Anytime you want to come and just chill and vibe with us in the chat room, just let one of us know. We'll be glad to let you on in. We'll leave your little key in the potted plant outside the front. Come in, make yourself at home, sit in your little chair, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> nah, definitely. I'll let you ladies go. I'm going to just let everybody know how they can get with me on all of my social sites at JF Benjamin, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, JM Benjamin. And the movie page is Moves We Make the Movie on Facebook. And on Instagram is Moves underscore we underscore make underscore movie. So I just wanted to shout that out really quick. But definitely enjoyed you guys' show. And you can hit me up anytime um, for any updates. All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you, truly, even if you didn't pick us up. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all have a good evening. Okay, you, you too, Sam. Get better soon. Uh, awesome, Lee. I so enjoyed that. Yes. You was on one, see? <laughs> you was on a roll. I let you just do what you do. I just sat back. <laughs> I said, she on a roll. All right, go ahead, see? <laughs> I love talking to him. You know, I had such a pleasure meeting him at the Harlem Book Fair, and I hope I hope we get to see him this year. You know, the last time I was leaving the fair and he was coming in, I'm like, damn, let me find out you're leaving and I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm leaving and you're coming in. But he has always been such a pleasure when I meet him. He's taking a couple of pics. And um, I hope you get the chance to meet him as well when you come here, Lee. So, But this interview was all of that, girl. I love his journey, his passion. His, his passion, mom. yes. It yes. just peeps out every word that he says he is from start to finish. And he talks about every aspect of his life. You know, our topic mm-hmm. was um, big dreams and, and small pockets. And even mm-hmm. at all points of his life, he, you can feel the passion for him to keep going, keep going, keep going, and, and just do what he do. So mm-hmm. awesome, awesome interview. If you're just tuning in and you missed the interview with Arthur, and publisher J.M. Benjamin. Make sure you go back and check out our archives. We have two fabulous guests today. We appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see mm-hmm. you next week. Yes, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. And have a great weekend. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Yes, happy Father's Day. We're going to head out with the Furnace family. I'm done featuring. GI by uh, the fabulous Kimber Nicole, and okay. we're out. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Why you keep calling my phone? Cause you won't get an answer. I wish you would leave me alone, cause I swear I'm just past you. You can spend your time with the mother girls, I ain't worried about it.
No more sitting around for you You can't tell me nothing I know how I held this thing down for you You should have been a man about it And told the truth Now you're talking about you want to do right Nigga, what's for you? This is the You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.